Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Pugliafito, and welcome to Retina Synthesis. Today, we have with us Professor Jose Sahal of the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, where he is Distinguished Professor and Director of the Eye Center. Dr. Sahal was recently awarded the International Prize for Translational Neuroscience for his pioneering work on optogenetics for retinal degenerations, the topic of our today's session. Jose, welcome to Retina Synthesis. Thank you, Carmen. So tell us what the concept of optogenetics is. Yeah, so optogenetics is uh, some uh, mechanism that was identified in uh, very elementary organisms like algae, they enabling them to detect the light and to respond to light. These are proteins that are both sensitive to light, capturing the light and triggering a change in the membrane potential, uh, which is eliciting a response to light. And uh, this protein, uh, this type of proteins do recapitulate into one single protein what is happening at the level of photoreceptors in the human retina. And in the human retina and mammalian retina, you need several proteins, sometimes hundreds of proteins to do that. So we, we thought like a few of us, but this is a very nice way to uh, activate photoreceptors like any type of neurons by this type of proteins, by expressing them. This is used as a tool in neuroscience by many laboratories across the world as a way to manipulate neuronal activity in any cell type. But what we thought with Boton Roska, my collaborator and my team in Paris at the Vision Institute was that we could use that as a mechanism to activate the remaining cells in the retina. So in our retinitis pigmentosa, for example, the photoreceptors are dying, so there is no response to light. And uh, the, the goal is to activate the remaining cells in the retina, for example, the ganglion cells. And this is what is called optogenetic, activating by light using genetically encoded proteins. So uh, how do you deliver the, uh, the pig pigment, the, the... the optogene? Yeah. So, yeah, we use a gene therapy. So we use a vector and this is done in our case using an intravitreal injection and the protein is then expressed in the remaining ganglion cells in the retina. So it's a combination of a gene therapy to express the protein and then you need to activate the protein with light and we use a specific device that we developed, goggles that are activating in the specific wavelength that is required for the activation of a protein. What's the wavelength? So it's in the amber light, it's a red to amber. Uh, and uh, this wavelength is not toxic. It's not uh, very energetic. So you can use it without uh, reaching any threshold for light toxicity. So the, the patient wears a special set of spectacles yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is a difference as compared to other groups that are trying not to have spectacles. But we believe that uh, this is better because uh, you need to adapt to many levels of lighting. In the natural uh, environment, we are using uh, many levels of light from very dark to very bright, which is uh, in the range of 11 log units of light intensity. And there is no protein that can adapt to that range of lighting. So the goggles are doing that, the spectacles are adapting to the levels of lighting. And this is stimulating in the right wavelength at the right intensity. So what was the results of the clinical trial? 
So the clinical trial is still ongoing. We currently have treated uh, uh, like 10 patients. Uh, it was a dose escalation trial. We started with a low dose and then a mid dose and then higher dose. And because it was very safe with no significant inflammation, now there is an extension cohort that is getting uh, uh, the higher dose of a vector. So the patient that we reported uh, uh, previously uh, in Nature Medicine a couple of years ago was in the first cohort and uh, he was treated just before COVID and he was able to start the rehabilitation process to start to use the goggles. And he spontaneously started to report that he was seeing uh, the, uh, cross, the crosswalks, the stripes. And then we brought him to do more testing and he was able to find object, to identify object and to grab object and to quantify how many objects were on the table. Uh, and now in the meantime, this patient has come back several times, but we have also been able to do that on other patients. Now we have a study still ongoing uh, and several patients in the study have been reporting the same outcomes. We're actually compiling the data from this first group of patients to publish a new paper uh, to really demonstrate the efficiency that we were able to achieve. Importantly, because we wanted to check that the responses that the patient was describing were reliable, we are using also recording at the brain level using the multi-electrode electroencephalography to monitor the light responses at the cortical level. And it corresponds very well with what the patient is doing. When the patient is perceiving any object, there is a specific um, change in the uh, oscillation at the occipital level. So that's impressive. So there's a correlation, a, a, a neuropsychological correlation. Yeah, exactly. And now we uh, we have not yet reported on that, but there is an encoding system that was the, the developed using mathematical algorithm to correlate the shape of the object with the recording that is done in the brain. And this is very consistent too. So um, th this would be acceptable for all forms of widespread retinal degenerations? As long as you have optic nerve uh, functional, as long as you have ganglion cells remaining in the retina, you could use that to activate. Of course, as of today, the resolution is not very good. It's just seeing objects and, and locating objects, but we are working on uh, refining actually the technology uh, using a, a goggle stimulation to find a way to improve the visual acuity, but we are not, not yet there. As you know, there are other groups. I think you did interview a couple of groups that are working on uh, other technologies that also could be working. Uh, what we believe is that the combination of the gene therapy and the goggles is a good combination, but of course, this is early stages of this uh, research and there are more to come. Uh, did you, uh, is there any chance of changing the wavelength uh, that's involved or, or so not? So this wavelength is the best, actually. Initially, many groups are using a green or blue light, and this is toxic because you are the, the efficiency, the light efficiency, and the range of toxicity is higher. So this, this is optimized already uh, to be in the, the red is a better wavelength, and this is what we believe is probably going to work better. What might happen is to enhance the sensitivity, and there are a few groups that are currently developing that to enhance the sensitivity so that you may even not need the goggles or need the lower levels of light for activation. So we are interested in seeing what it, what it does. I still believe that you need to adapt to so many levels of lighting, but I don't think you can eliminate totally the goggles or the spectacles. Are the, are the, are the goggles active optically? in terms of modulating the light intensity? Yeah, they are. They are doing that. They, they respond to any levels of lighting and they average that. So it uh, does project in the right wavelength and the right intensity of light. And the goggles are responding every pixel 
uh, to any light intensity. So they are very efficient. So uh, where, what's the future of this? So the future is currently we are working on optimizing the, uh, the, the specificity of the cell transfection. Currently, we are activating any cell type. It's a bit similar to what was done with retinal implants. So we are trying to see if we can be cell specific. And we are also working on the algorithm of stimulations, which means that even the patient that were in the existing trials could benefit from it because it's more or less like computational algorithm that are going to compute the information and send to the right uh, wavelength and more, more importantly, the red signal. So we are working on that currently to optimize the signal. So what are the glasses connected to? So they are just they are just uh, sending the light onto the eye. So they, they are uh, wireless glasses that are, the patient is wearing that on the, on the head and they have a camera in front of that and the projector at the back of the glasses sending into the eye. But there is no specific connection. They are just uh, wireless glasses. So that's fantastic. Uh, are the clinical trials being conducted in the United States or in France? Yes. So it's done currently in, in Paris and in Pittsburgh. And uh, the plan for the next phase of the trial is to open a few more sites, both in the U.S. and in, and in Europe. So have you concluded on the right dose of the vector? Uh, currently, the, the higher dose is very well tolerated. So we believe this is the right one uh, that we are using. That's exciting. So it is. Thank, it is. thank you so much for this uh, interview and congratulations once again on winning the international award on translational neuroscience. I know you've been working on this for many years. Yeah, with Boton Roska, we got the award together. Boton is in Basel and we have been uh, pairing the work together and my team in Paris at the Vision Institute and now my team in Pittsburgh. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so thank much. You, thank you very much. Bye-bye.